This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, episode number 295. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. I am your host, Riley Bowman, and today I am thrilled to bring to you a thrilling interview together with Officer Tim Grammons of the Skokie Police Department, and he has quite the story to tell. You're not going to want to miss this, so stick around. Uh, This is a great one. Plus, today we announce our weekly podcast giveaway winner, today's prize being the 2019 edition of the Traveler's Guide to the Firearm Laws of the 50 States. Yeah, it's a mouthful, but uh, (laughs) it's a great uh, guide of laws uh, that provides a easy to understand, easy to find summary of firearm related laws in all of the 50 states across America. Wherever you might be, it'll be a helpful guide for you, I promise. So um, today's episode, like I said, and I'm going to get through this intro pretty quick because I really want to get down to the nitty gritty and, and get into the interview with uh, Mr. Grammons very quickly here. But uh, today's episode is made possible and brought to you by Guardian Nation. Uh, folks, uh, Guardian Nation, uh, f- wonderful membership program that we've uh, been running here at ConcealedCarry.com for oh, quite a while now. And uh, many, many, uh, many of you have chosen to join Guardian Nation because of the excellent benefits, not only the quarterly uh, gearbox, which we are actually sh- in the process of shipping another quarterly gearbox right now as I speak, uh, but training opportunities, access to special content, monthly live broadcasts, and also all kinds of product discounts, industry discounts. I want to highlight just two of those here today. First off, a special limited time deal. Recently, we announced a partnership with Honor Defense, the makers of the Honor Guard 9mm handgun, and already they were giving an amazing discount to Guardian Nation members, but it is getting better. Once again, limited time only, but it is right now $299 for a Honor Guard Honor Honor Guard 9mm pistol from Honor Defense. That is crazy, yo. So uh, you're going to want to take advantage of that, op- of that opportunity and of that discount. And by the way, the way you find access and how to claim these discounts is by logging into the members dashboard uh, at concealedcarry.com. You log into the site you'll get access to your uh, Guardian Nation members dashboard once you log in. Another great benefit is 5% off all ammunition sales at ammosupplywarehouse.com. We really love the guys at Ammo Supply Warehouse and what they do for us in the gun community and in the industry. They already have amazing, fantastic ammunition deals. They ship super quick. And uh, they're just good dudes. So trust me, you're going to want to check out Ammo Supply Warehouse. Even if you're not a Guardian Nation member, they're still worth checking out. So go to AmmoSupplyWarehouse.com. Guardian Nation members, of course, log into the members dashboard area of the site. And you will be able to locate the coupon code that Guardian Nation members only can use to claim that 5% additional discount at AmmoSupplyWarehouse.com. Again, today I'm so thrilled to bring to you this interview that I pre-recorded with Tim Grammons from Skokie, Illinois, a police officer, long career. And a few years ago, actually, gosh, like a decade or so now ago, was involved in an officer-involved shooting 
that was quite scary for him, of course. Uh, any, any shooting, of course, would be scary, but the way this unfolds is just unreal and almost unfathomable and hard to believe. You are not going to want to miss this story, and he's going to tell us why now he carries over 140 rounds of ammunition every day on duty as a police officer. Now, that might seem extreme to you. Now, granted, he is a cop, but he has some really interesting lessons learned from his experience of dealing with a very violent criminal that he encountered on that fateful day. So, I'm going to look forward to getting into this interview with you. Trust me, there's many things. Like I actually took notes through this and have a number of things jotted down because of this interview that uh, I was just thrilled to take away from it. So, a loaded interview. Hang on to your seats. Here we go. So today's episode, we kind of introduced it on recent episodes of the podcast as well, but uh, I'm really excited to have on the program and interview Tim Grammons, who's an officer up there. And you still in this with the Skokie uh, uh, Police Department? I, I am. I've been uh, there. I'm in my 25th year now. So yeah, great department. Nice place to work. Dude, that, that's, really that's, a, yeah. that's a career right there, man. Yeah, I'm working my way down, winding my way down. So, you know, we go <laughs> 30s, the 30s, the max. Uh, you can go a little bit longer, but that's uh, yeah, 25 is plenty at this point. But, you know, love the job. So keep going for a couple more, you know. Yeah. Well, hey, that's, you know, if, if you love the work, uh, I mean, good on you, man. Well, you have to have to to be a cop. You got to love it. Uh, it's a rough job, but uh, so you got to, you know, enjoy what you do, obviously, uh, which is good. You make, you know, you make a huge difference in a lot of people's lives and people don't, you know, recognize that. But when you realize that, you just want to keep doing it. So it's it's good. It's all good. Yeah. You know, since we're kind of on, on the subject, like what, what made you first uh, want to become a cop? You know, it was, uh, it was always kind of a lifelong dream to be an FBA you know, FBI agent, which, you know, I, I almost did. Um, but uh, my football coach from grade school was a chief of police for uh, where I grew up, that town. And I was working for uh, Anheuser-Busch. And he's like, hey, have you ever thought about being a cop? And I'm like, no, not really. He's like, well, I want you to take the test. So I went and took the test, um, got hired by Skokie. Uh, loved every minute of it ever since. It was a great, uh, you know, great uh career choice so a lot of my family is in the military and this seemed kind of like a good you know route path to go uh for me really pleased with the decision so worked out well nice nice yeah. good man has it been always as eventful as this fateful day that we're going to probably talk about uh <laughs> you know a few years ago it's always been you know, that eventful <laughs> So, you know, Skokie is a, uh, you know, we're a suburb just north of Chicago. So we've got about uh, 64 to 70,000 residents, you know, residents before we get to, you know, the, the daytime population. Uh, we're fairly busy. We're considering a large agency. We've got 120, 124 sworn officers. So where I'm at, but we, we run, uh, we run a lot, uh, you know run a lot of calls for service. We're fairly busy. Um, thankfully, we do a fairly good job of keeping things in check, you know, as best we can, but uh, you never know what's going to happen. Let's put it that way. Every day is an adventure in law enforcement, which is, you know, another reason I love the job. You're always constantly, every day is different. So yeah, that, that makes it fun. Makes it fun. For sure. Uh, yeah, I've worked a little bit myself in law enforcement and uh, every, every day is different, man. Like, uh, it's, it, it, I mean, 
I used to also work in construction and every day was also just different in construction, different problems, you know, like today, oh crap, you know, some pipe broke and flooded the basement or whatever, you know, okay, you know, like new, new challenges, new problem. Uh, as a cop, you know, you just never know the kind of person you're going to meet each day, you know. <laughs> you deal with a lot of great people having a bad day. So, you know, most yeah. of the people deal with good and then you get about maybe 5% that are just, you know, those are the ones that you really need to worry about. Those are, you know, that's kind of where we spend most of our focus. But most people, you know, had a bad day. You're, you're writing them a ticket. They're a victim of a crime. They got in a car crash. So most people do. They're super people, great people. But then, yeah. like I said, you got that 5%. You really kind of got to key in on the keep things safe for everybody, right? So, right. but it's good. Yeah, you have the entertaining calls. You have the hilarious calls. You have the gross calls. And, uh the sad calls, of course, so that's, that yeah. comes with it as well. But uh, then every once in a while, you have ones that you would rather not get. So, gotta go. Don't yeah. have a choice, right? So, you're going. Yeah. Gotta go. So, you just, uh, you know, you, you, know, you train yourself, you prepare, you get ready, and, uh, you know, you go handle it. So, yeah, yeah. it's all good. So a few years ago, uh, I don't remember the exact date. Uh, <clears throat> I know when this article was published that I've read, like, I don't know how many times and shared gazillion number of times as well so there's this article on police1.com it's it's in the show notes of today's show you got to go read it because it's really just a remarkable uh account of what you experience um the article itself was written by uh charles remsberg right yeah chuck chuck's a great yep. guy uh yeah, yeah, he he's well known in law enforcement circles for his uh, street survival seminars, which are amazing. I was able to attend one a number of years ago, and uh, so yeah, so he wrote this article. He gets it. I mean, this is like the thing that he lives for and preaches about is you know how to survive on the streets, you know how to stay sharp, and uh, you know ideally avoid some of these things to begin with. But uh, you know, crap's going to hit the fan one day, and you know how do you get through that? So really uh compelling read i first came across it from a law enforcement friend of mine a few years back and it's just been in my library my catalog of stories that uh you know uh that that we that we like to share there's a lot of lessons yeah. learned absolutely uh so i read you know when i first started i was a rookie you know those were all like it was kind of like almost mandatory reading the chuck Rensburg series right street yep. survival yep. officer survival uh, tactics for patrol, all those books. But, uh, you know, he's a super guy when he came out to do the interview. Um, uh, you know, he got to take a peek at everything. I had all the reports for him, photos, autopsy report, police reports. So, you know, he put together a pretty good, uh, pretty good job, pretty good story on it. You know, a couple others have, have uh, you know, done stories on it as well. Moss, uh, did an interview, yeah. um, you know, and, uh, you know, all super, super good guys, super guys that, you know, I look up to learn from a ton um, uh, because, you know, they, they, they study the game. They know what they're talking about. So, you know, it's nice to be able to talk to those people for sure. But, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But so, I'm sure you want to hear about August 25th, 2008, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> let's get into it. Uh, so, dude, tell us, I mean, okay, so let me set the stage if I, if I may, and then I'll let you take it away. If you're reading the article, the way Chuck brings it, you know, kind of leads into it is that you had just been on vacation. It's your first day back on the job after taking a break. And wasn't it also your son's birthday or something? And so it was, it was, man, yeah. what a, what a, what a day. Uh, yeah, it was, it was crazy, man. So I, uh, I just got back from, uh, 
two weeks vacation. Like on my vacation, I actually went and took a, a soccer like coach licensing class. So, um, and, and that was kind of huge because my fitness caught me back from vacation after like, I was literally playing soccer all day long for, for 10 days. So my fitness level, you know, has always been fairly good, but, um, coming back from that vacation, having, you know, been really running, working out every day, my fitness levels at that point in time was really, you know, really good. So, which, you know, helps people don't realize how important it is to stay fit, you know, uh, maintain that healthy lifestyle, especially the, uh, the aerobic side of it. Right. So, and it was my son's birthday. Yeah. So that was, uh, you know, you got to get home for those. Right. So, yeah. uh, important day. Yeah. So a call goes out about a, was it a robbery? I think. Yeah. Yeah. So Northbrook PD, um, their fifth third bank, uh, it's right off Skokie Boulevard and the cook road up in Northbrook, which is a couple of suburbs just North of us right off 94 at the Eden's expressway. They gave out a Isburn dispatch of a, a bank robbery that just occurred, uh, possible suspect vehicle, uh, the offender description, uh, they gave that out on the, uh, Illinois state police emergency radio network. Right. So, um, Ironically, this guy had actually hit the bank before about six months prior. Mm. Uh, FBI was up on his phone with Northbrook police. They'd interviewed him uh, about 10 days prior to the second robbery. Mm. Um, so he killed, he put it in a diversion call to Northbrook on a burglary in progress, went and robbed the bank. Uh, after he put that diversion call and he cut off his cell phone, took his battery out of his cell phone so they couldn't track his phone. Uh, but the detective that was handling the case with the FBI actually, you know, right away, you know, they knew who this guy was and they put out, yeah, they put out the radio dispatch right away. So it was, uh, you know, it was pretty good, uh, good dispatch, good info on the car. Um, so, you know, us being South on the expressway, the car came back to city of Chicago. So most of us from, you know, Skokie, you know, we'll go pop out and hit, uh, hit the on and off ramps on the expressway just to look for the car. Right. So that's, you know, that's where we, we kind of got into it from there. Um, so a couple of my uh, partners, they hopped on the expressway after one white car and I'm like, okay, well, I, I called dispatch. I'm like, Hey, I'm not going to this alarm call. You're sending me to on the far South East side of town. I'm going to head up, head to the expressway, you know, go catch this bank robber. And you know, that's kind of, kind of what I told him on the phone. Uh, so, you know, I hop on, uh, Eden's expressway at Old Orchard road, uh, white car goes zooming by. So I'm trying to catch up to the white car, uh, white Pontiac. Right. So mm. get behind the Pontiac, run the plate. Um, it was uh, close, like within three blocks. Uh, so I pop up next to the guy uh, driving, male black driver, meets the description, and he looks over at me. He gives, uh, you know, and I would officially call the old shit, there's the police look, you know, and, and people like, uh, you know, they, there's a look, you know, you know that look, right? So, yeah. you know, at this point, I've been a cop 14 years, right? You know that look by then, having worked, you know, for a while. So he gave me that look. I'm like, okay, here we go, you know. Uh, it looks like the guy, uh, plates close, slide in behind him, get on the radio, uh, about to try and start calling off with it. Uh, he's in the left lane at this point and we're approaching Tui Avenue. So coming up to Tui does a three, uh, lane change, you know, off to the right, pops off onto the Cloverleaf, find the Tui uh, Avenue eastbound. Uh, so radio traffic, you can imagine, you know, we're busy. We've on a lot of calls. So radio traffic from the other officers clearing me trying to get on. Was pretty busy so i finally got on got one running from me um and uh you know dispatch acknowledge and get the lights on he takes the right to go south on uh, cicero avenue which is you know skokie boulevard time cicero avenue south of tui um 
so I'm trying, still trying to catch up to him, get on the radio, call off. It pops up and uh, makes a left on Estes to go eastbound, passes uh, Keating, gets to Kilpatrick. Um, so at this point, I'm, I'm trying to catch up to him because, you know, most of the time, obviously, here I'm thinking vehicle pursuit. Well, as soon as he made that right on Kilpatrick, uh, he hits the hooks hard. So I'm coming up to the corner super fast to make that right to go, you know, try and catch up to him, hits the hooks hard. So I start hitting the hooks. Pop on the radio, hey, he's out, you know, after giving off, we're passing by. Pop on the radio, he's out. Here I'm thinking, you know, foot pursuit, because that happens a lot of the time. You know, police-involved shootings, yeah. not not as many. Pops out, but as soon as I saw the door open and his right hand comes up over the door, you know, I see the uh, silver uh, Smith & Wesson 5906 in his right hand. And uh, right away, uh, you know, he comes up, he's shooting at me while I'm still hitting the hooks, slamming in the park. I'm doing the seatbelt. So his first, you know, you'll see an article, but like his first four rounds, man, you feel, uh, you know, really help. And that's not a lot of time for him to get off four rounds, but I remember his fourth, first four, like super clear because, you know, he's firing mm-hmm. at me and I'm in the middle of hey, throwing the radio down, throwing it in the park, unbuckling the seatbelt, drawing up my Glock 21. And he starts running back at me while he's firing. So it's a little bit more comfortable once you're able to start shooting back, right? So things, you know, come slow down a little bit for you there. Um, so I come up with my Glock 21, and since he's running back at me, I just start pounding back at him through the windshield of my car. So uh, pretty good sight picture at that time. I'm seated, just pop up over my steering wheel with a Glock 21. And, um, you know, the picture might be on there, but I start hammering back at him. As you see, as he's coming up to my car, my bullet holes are tracking up and to the left as it gets closer, closer, closer. Because he's coming close, yeah. yeah. Like, what's the separation between, like, from where he starts to where your car is? Like, what's the distance like? So, first uh, 20 feet from his door to my door. Uh, so, I, you know, obviously I stopped up behind him too close, right? Um, you know, so lessons learned. and You know, I don't get that close, but 20 feet. But by the time uh, he's running dry on his 17th round, uh, which you'll see it in the picture in there. It's, you know, the 17th round just didn't eject. So that's stuck in case he's stuck in the gun. Uh, he's popping that one right through my driver's side window. Uh, so that one goes through my driver's side window, through my seat right behind me because I'm leaning forward in my car as I'm gauging him as he comes up, right? Wow. So then he's right next to my driver's side window for his last round, which also, um, thankfully, or bad for me, uh, I'm running out of my last round shooting out. We get to my driver's side window. Um, so we both run dry at the same time, which, wow. you know, obviously worked out well because then obviously he's not shooting at me. Bad for me that I didn't have more ammo on my gun, which, you know, half the reason for the switch. But <laughs> I'm like, I got to get out, right? So, you know, because the car is a coffin. So I want to get out of my car quick as I can. He started running back um, towards his car. Um, so I pop out and I run forward and split to um his rear passenger side so i lose him for a little bit in there because i'm running getting on the radio hey i got one shooting at me um so i pop on the radio shots fired need help um he comes back out now he comes out with a second gun he leaves his smith and wesson on the front uh, seat of the car his car the pontiac and he pops out with a burst of 380 um so the best part about this is now I'm up on, I've got him flanked. He doesn't know where I am because he started looking for me back in my, my squad mm-hmm. and he starts going back. So I've got him flanked. I'm over on the side. He doesn't know I'm over there. So I've got some good shots in him. And then, you know, you just, you kind of recognize 
you know, moments of opportunity, I'd say. Right. So, you know, so he's looking for me and I'm getting good runs on him. So I literally ran right at him, charged at him. And at this point I started firing just, you know, one handed while I'm running at him. Cause obviously it's faster. So I try to run right up on him. Um, I ran within literally two feet of him. Um, wow. Going back, just firing rounds off as I'm running. Um, then he's shooting at me with a burst of 380. So I go loop all the way around the backside of my car, try and work that for cover from the backside. Um, but he came up and advanced up after me when I ran by him. So then um, hit my second mag change. So my first mag change was when I hopped out of the car, ran forward, did my mag change, hopped on the radio, shots fired, hit my second mag change, running around the back of my car. Uh, on my Glock 21, I only loaded them with 12s because uh, I don't know if you ever try and load that 13th route in the Glock 21 mag. Uh, it's very, a rough fit. Tight. Yeah, it's a rough fit, and sometimes you're not always going to seat you know correctly when you do the magazine insertion. So I loaded them with 12s. So if people are like wondering, well, what's the round count? Grammys fire yeah. 31. He's you know 22. When they do the math, they're like, well, wait, he didn't have all his men. No, I, yeah. I loaded one short, right? I I kind of figured that out actually. Read the yeah. story because you, yeah, that you had 37 rounds. Clock 21, I'm like, he must have been downloading by, you know, one. one yeah. So 12, 12, 12, plus one in the chamber you started with, 37. You got it. Yeah. yeah, you got it. So, and I shot 33, which left me with a four. So that second reload, you know, he's finding with me, that burst of 380, hit the house, like, behind my squad car. Um, so, you know, everyone's, you know, seeing the L.A., you know, bank robbery shootout. So, obviously, you know, like, shooting through glass and all that stuff, you know, like, hey, this – this might work. So, you know, based on that, I'm like, okay, well, you know, nothing else is working so far on this guy. You know, I, I felt like I had some pretty good hits on him at this point. Um, so then I tried skipping rounds under the car cause he's doing the, the, like the uptown peekaboo. Right. So mm. I'm like, well, I'll try skipping rounds under the car. Well, you know, didn't work. Uh, obviously we all know it's doable, but the good part about this is here I'm shooting. I shot my tire, my squad car, mm. uh, and I put two holes on the side of my squad car on that last mag right so that was really good for me because i'm like okay now i see where my rounds are going i'm like i know i'm on my last mag right for my glock 21 i still got my um glock 26 backup gun with you know 10 plus one in there right but that that uh, was in your vest or in my vest yeah so i put that on my vest in like a belly band holster so i carry that there something you know i just i found it a lot more comfortable there than like the ankle carry or whatever so i carried in there um but I'm like, okay, this isn't working. So then, uh, based on my car being parked on the downward crust of the street because of the arc, so I laid down prone next to a tree on the curb. Um, and then when he was doing the down peekaboo, I actually could see about four feet up because he was on the other sidewalk, the way the crest worked out. So laid down prone. He's doing the peekaboo. Uh, got a really good sight on my sight picture. Uh, put. Uh, my sights on a CNS and I left, uh, three quick ones and that finally took him down. So, uh, then I just stayed and held on him, um, until, uh, you know, backup came up, but you know, it, it, you know, the whole thing happens is slow, but it's fast, but you know, total time, um, of this one was 56 seconds. So, you know, that's uh, for a police gunfight. That's pretty long. It's actually <laughs> pretty long. Gunfight. Yeah. Pretty yeah. Long gunfight. So, so needless to say, when that was done, I was pretty, uh, pretty tired. Uh, but you know, I finally hopped back on the radio, you know, said, Hey, you know, get on there, 
Skokie, I need help. Um, a couple of my uh, SWAT partners, detectives came out. Uh, they were the first ones on scene. It's uh, Sergeant Barnes now and Detective Mendez. They were the first ones on scene. So uh, Barnes came over to me, checked on me. Mendez took the kick, the gun out of his hand, took him into custody. Uh, you know, then it's, uh, you know, pick up the pieces, you know, after that, right. A lot of, a lot of work to do after that. So, um, you know, obviously, you know, it's a good thing. He didn't get to the SKS. Uh, mm-hmm. he had in a box. So he had that loaded up with a 30 round mag front seat, um, in a box in the car. So he was ready to go. Uh, me, everyone will say, well, why didn't you use your shotgun? Well, that's in a rack over your head, right? So you got to push release, get the shotgun. Me being on the SWAT team, I've been on the SWAT team now for 20 years. I had my SWAT kit in the trunk, but, you know, my AR in the trunk, it's not doing us, not doing you any good because, uh, you know, it happens way too fast, man. It yeah. just, uh, you know, the why didn't you run them over the car? I, hey, okay, good idea, but... For me, I see gun and, uh, you know, I react with a gun. I mean, that's just, you know, I get into a gunfight. I'm in a gunfight. I mean, you know, just trying to get out and draw. Just didn't have time. You know, I'm putting in park and, you know, because here you're thinking foot chase. So you got to run, pull your keys because, you know, otherwise yeah. you're losing your squad car. But yeah, so that's about it. You know, that's, the, right. that's the gist of it, right? There's a lot going on there. Like exactly as you said, you're, you're pulling up right on him and, and you're, th- you got to be prepared for all these things. Yeah. Chasing yeah. him down or or getting in a gunfight you know and, and so or he he could kind of psych you out like you know he stops and acts like he's gonna run and then takes off again you know i mean just so, so um, there's a lot going on yeah yeah no, I, I wouldn't second guess you at all in that regard I'm, I'm i'm frankly amazed now were you hit by any of his rounds during all this so with this i caught uh one uh round in my shin but it was like you know spall like ricochet uh hit off something so that went in my shin i didn't even know Mm. uh like i'm like hey my shin hurts and the paramedics like ah it's nothing it's just a bruise well it's kind of weird because you go to the hospital everything else didn't even catch it because you're not thinking about it and then it was about a month later where i pulled out part of the uh the round out of my shin (laughs) it's my (laughs) wife and i'm like bleeding at home that night from my shin i'm like why you know why the hell am i bleeding you know you don't think about it because you know you got a little bit of an adrenaline dump uh but pulled that out and then the other stuff was i had a lot of like spalling glass um, in my face and forehead. So like just fine, you know, glass apartments. Cause when you got all the glass going off, shooting through the windshield and having around come through your windshield, yep. get a little bit of glass spawn. So you know, just picking that out. But otherwise I was good. Um, I was good. He, um, you know, people always get this. It's funny. Cause uh, he had 17 total hits. Um, so you have 14, uh, to the body, seven of us were fatal. And then the three final ones that had, so out of 33 rounds fired, um, 17 total, um, you know, hit them. So, uh, which, you know, it's crazy, but you know, people are always like, Oh, it's bad. Well, if you've hunted, man, you can't, you know, the ammo, a spear gold dots, uh, you know, two thirty grains, they they work flawlessly, man. When you look at the x-rays and you see them all spread out. So, it's not the ammo. Some of them, you know, hit them in fatal spots, right? So both lungs, heart, kidney, um, but, you know, three to the head. It, it's not, you know, for people to hunt, you know, hey, you hit the animal, you hit the double lung heart shot, doesn't matter that, you know, the deer, whatever, still going to run, right, sometimes. So adrenaline does, you know, crazy things. Uh, he had no, his tox was all negative, no alcohol, no tox, no drugs. Um, so it was just, uh 
you know, he wanted to battle and I wanted to battle and I wanted to go home to my kid, man. It was his birthday and I don't really like to lose, um, yeah. kind of a competitor. And, uh, yeah, he was well, um, uh, but you know, obviously my training was huge. Um, everything went pretty smooth. Uh, he was not a good dude. Uh, he was, a he was a GD had pretty long, uh, sheet. Uh, the guns, they tied to four homicides in the city of Chicago, whether or not he was the person that did the homicides, I don't know, but the ballistics, cause they did the ballistics exams, obviously by guns, yeah. his guns. So they tied those back to four homicides. So, wow. um, yeah, so crazy, but it, uh, you know, everything worked out well. Training yeah. pays off. Got all Dude, the questions popping up, huh? <laughs> yeah. We're, we're getting a lot of, a lot of support for you too, man. A lot of you know, people saying that they support the blue and, and they're so thankful that you, uh, that you came through this in one piece and uh but yeah there's actually just a question that popped in right now and i think this is kind of getting into like, like like we could start talking about like what are some of the things that you learned from this event uh, uh what are some things that you would share and, and stuff so there's a question from sean he says do you carry extra mags now because of it now you were carrying two spares on you that day one in your gun you know as you said 37 total rounds and a 45 acp i mean we could even go down the route of of 45 versus nine, you know, all these departments no, do to nine millimeter. We're not going to go there. Yeah. I mean, we uh, absolutely. Right. Because your story alone, like, like turns anybody that says anything about, well, my 45, I only need one, one or two, you know, center mass and the dude's going down, but that's not what happened here at all. No. So, you know, let's, let's hit on that for a second. Right. <laughs> so handgun rounds, a handgun yeah. round. Right. So I don't care what you carry. Right. If you want yeah. to carry a good defensive handgun round. So let's talk like 9, 40, 45, 357. Those rounds all do the same thing. Right. So changes. Right. So if he has changes, Sean's got changes. So we'll do changes. So I go from carrying the Glock 21 um, and I had a Glock 26 backup. So I switched uh, obviously to nine because I did a ton of research on ballistics. Uh, I talked to Johan Bowden from uh, Spear, super dude. You know, we talk about it. We, we can we can talk about forever. I, again, I don't care what handgun round you carry. If it's a good defensive handgun yep. round and you're shooting well, good, great. They all do the same thing. So if they all do the same thing. They poke thing, holes in people, right? Exactly. Since they all yep. do the same thing uh, compared to a rifle round, I'd grab my rifle over handgun any day, right? So I would much rather have that. But if we're going to deal with handguns, lesson learned, capacity. So now I switch to the 17. Uh, I carry a 19 or my 26 for my backup gun. I put on a Safariland uh, triple stack mag holder. So I've got three with 17, or if I put the plus twos on 19s, and now that they've got the new 24 round Glock mags out, I might be looking to switch, right? And then I put two 33 round sticks right inside my vest pocket. So uh, plus the 10 of my backup gun. So everyone's like, well, how does he get 145 rounds? Well, do the math. Either yeah. way, it's a lot more than I was carrying before. And again, it's not a lot of weight. The weight difference, I only added two pounds by switching to nine. So when you look at the kit, you know, the 45 rounds are heavier. Uh, the weapon system's heavier. So my kit setup is two pounds heavier carrying 100 more rounds. So for me, that's kind of a huge win because it, to me, it's about, it's about capacity as long as we're talking handgun rounds, right? Now, rifle rounds is still, you know, capacity is going to matter, but your terminal velocity is a lot better. So capacity and what i mean by that is if i have those more rounds right and say you're shooting that single stack 45 and i'm shooting my glock 17 well you're reloading right after those eight rounds are gone right so for me uh on the timing part 
that gives me, hey, I don't know how good you are, how fast you reload, two seconds. Well, that gives me, you know, one, one and a half, two, three seconds where I'm shooting at you on a post. And then you're hitting your second reload when I'm hitting my first reload. So then we're pretty much at neutral yeah. parties there, right? So, but then I get to do it all over again at a time. So capacity, speed, uh, everything to me, every eighth of a second matters, every quarter second matters. And you say, oh, well, you know, you know, the accuracy, well, take the eighth of a second, use your sights, find your front side. You can talk about it forever, find your front side, right? So, like I said, when I was sitting in my car, I had a great front side picture tracking them three rounds up. When I got out of the car and we're doing the run and gun, point and shoot because I went right by him within two to three feet point and shoot and I'm running full speed so obviously those probably, probably weren't the most effective rounds so lesson learned there is hey plant and shoot plant and shoot because that's a lot more realistic run to your spot find your firing position fire from that position yeah. run to your next spot and then you know I was still running and gunning one-handed hit the squad car but then I dropped prone so hey realize it's not working drop prone find a good firing position drop prone. find your front sights line up your sights make hits so um other changes other than switching to the nine and like i said i don't, I don't care what you carry but to me it's a capacity issue because you have those other rounds well just because i'm not hitting if i'm shooting at you i'm keeping you occupied right so by having that capacity if you're ducking or you're moving or you're hiding behind cover by me pinning you with those rounds, that's an advantage to me by having the capacity. Uh, the other advantage with the capacity is, hey, you know what? You pop that foot out, I might take that foot shot. Whereas if you don't have the capacity, you're shooting that single stack 45 or you know that Glock 21, you might not want to take that foot shot. You might not want to waste that round. So to me, having those extra rounds available, I'm going to take that foot shot because if I hit that foot, well, hey, that's going to make it harder for you to fight, right? So advantage win for me. Why not take that advantage? Why not take that shot? Yeah. Um, pinning people down, same thing. If I have the capacity to do that, why not do that? Advantage for me where I can start flanking. So that's why with handguns to me, it's a capacity is the issue. So biggest change there, uh, where I pro, uh, that's huge. Um, you know, and it's hard to do all the time, but I had my Oakley's on that day, which was great because obviously that probably saved my eyes from, from getting a lot of spall in my eyes, which, mm -hmm. you know, that's going to take me out of the fight. Right. So those are a couple things, right. That, and, you know, you're never good enough, man. So, um, you know, I train a ton. Uh, I work really hard at training. I seek out a lot of um, private instruction now on top of what I get from my PD. And my PD is great at giving us training, like phenomenal training. Um, but it isn't going to law enforcement schools. Like I've taken uh, Spalding's class. I've taken Scott Judinsky's class, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you take, take those private instructor classes, you know, the good the good ones, right? And you know who they are, right? And I've got other ones coming up, but you take those good ones to, to try and get better. But, you know, the best part I, I loved about that was like, man, there are some incredible citizen shooters out there, right? You know, for law enforcement shooters, man, there, there's some of us that are, you know, good. And I, I consider myself my good, but not never good enough, right? Um, yeah. Having the SWAT background and like, you know, I'm a sniper and rifle instructor and I run a range. I'm a master firearms instructor and I still say I'm only good. And then you got to these classes with some of these citizens and, and you're just like, holy crap, man. These guys are uh, <laughs> unbelievable shooters, man. And they train and they work hard like Les Kismuth. And it's like, oh, my God, man, unbelievable and stuff. The stuff I take away from them and learn from them and interact with them has just been like kind of you know, almost eye-opening to me. And I think it's a huge, 
mistake the law enforcement community makes some some of the law enforcement community makes by not doing a lot more interacting with the private shooting community if that makes sense and that's why you know like when you yeah. asked me to do this i'm like yeah man i'll do this any day because you know we need to constantly establish you know these types of relationships um mm -hmm. if that makes sense where well, we're working together because we're all working together to keep each other safe right so yeah. you know in, in these settings is good and i really appreciate you you know for that and, and for having that perspective um so a lot of lessons you learned obviously are very specific to your job uh you're a cop you work with cops you know other cops you know being able to tell them like you know this is this is the lessons i learned and uh you know capacity basically equals time time and opportunity gives you more opportunities and gives you more time uh to uh, stay in the fight a lot of times but uh how would you maybe adapt some of the lessons learned about capacity and and just equipment and gear to an audience that is you know very civilian uh focused or based you know like a lot of our audience i mean they're they're civilian concealed carriers uh but uh you know they all at the same time want to you know i think there's a lot of people here watching today too that i mean they're getting a lot of comments here learning a lot from you you're making a lot of great points what what are some of the the tidbits that you give to the civilian audience here today Okay, so I mean, everyday carry, right? EDC, right? So for me, I'm still going out, and you see the trends of like the pocket guns. So that's nice and easy to carry. But like for me, like right now, um, you know, I'm running a, a Glock 19 with an RMR, and then I, I'm running a uh, 19 round backup mag uh, in that gun, right? So um, I run that. I carry my knife and I carry my flashlight, right? And obviously, uh, appendix. Uh, sometimes, a lot of times, I'll just carry it about a two o'clock on an outside the waistband holster. But sometimes, I'll carry appendix. Both those are the way I go. Um, but you know, again, I, I see the mistake, or for me, it's a mistake of people dropping their capacity because it's like, well, I'm, I'm a civilian or whatever. Well, I always have that backup mag, obviously, because if you're carrying a semi-auto. You need the backup mag, not only for the rounds, but I mean, what's the primary malfunction in your, in your semi-auto weapon system is going to be magazine related, right? I mean, you can look at any study, 95% of the time it's mag related. So you want that backup mag with you either way. So, you know, carry it in your pocket, carry it in a mag holder, whatever you want to do. And, and you know, geez, no one can tell, man. Everyone's always paranoid about, about like printing or whatever, you know, like most of the people have no idea that you have a handgun on if you're mm. going to, if you're going to carry. So I think people get really paranoid about, you know, carrying their weapon out, you know, it was concealed carry. So I, I instruct concealed carry and it's like, don't, don't be paranoid about, you know, printing. People aren't going to notice as long as you cover up well. And that's the other thing. Like I'm not really a huge fan of, of open carry. Um, you know, if that makes any sense, because I, I think you're just, you're just putting yourself out there in a way that, you know, is not, is not good. So I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the concealed carry. I know some States only it's open carry. So if that's all you got, that's what you got. Right. But then you gotta be super cognizant of, of what you're putting out there for someone to maybe disarm you. And are you practicing, uh, you know, preventative measures for disarmament, right. Which is, right. you're going to see that happen all the time. So, right. But you know, well, that's I the mean, main thing. As a cop, you know, there, there's guys out there that are trying to disarm you guys. And if, they're, if they're willing to go after a cop and take a cop's weapon, a cop who is probably more likely than the average citizen to have some hand to hand, you know, uh, fighting experience and, and training. Like if they're willing to go and try to fight with a cop over a gun that's retained in a, in a level three holster, typically 
Like just imagine you as a civilian wandering around with a gun openly out on your belt. That's, that's, you know, I, I support the right, but tactically it just isn't very smart to me. Well, and that's the thing. And I support the right more than you could ever imagine. And, but that's the thing. I mean, we need to worry about more about, you know, for civilians, the, the, the tactics and the, just your, your, awareness right so you know that's kind of one thing that's you know for most cops i can't say all cops because i mean they're they're not all created equal let's be honest right but your your surroundings and the awareness of your surroundings and always you know like constantly planning and constantly observing that's just kind of something that comes second nature to a cop because it's just that's just what we do uh but you really need to practice that part of it and the, the mental preparation planning like hey you see this person if they do this, what am I doing? You know, like in that, you can run those through your head all the time and mental rehearsals, huge. Um, and that's something I don't think people do enough of is just a mental rehearsal to prepare themselves for that encounter. When that encounter does happen, you don't know, read the cues. I mean, let's call it, it is what it is. I mean, you know, a spades a spade, right? A hearts a hearts, clubs a club. So know what you're looking at and, and trust your instinct. You get a lot of people that like, you know, oh well, I should have called, or I should. Yeah, you should have, because your your instincts flat out telling you, hey, that that's trouble. Uh, pay attention, you know, and prepare yourself for that trouble. So yeah, for sure. Hmm. Yeah, good good thoughts there, man. Um, tell me a little bit more about appendix. You said, well, of course, appendix. Like, so uh, why? Uh, oh man, it's so fast. Um, it, I you know have been working into it. Um, after the Scott Jadinsky class, I'm like, oh my God, like it's crazy. Like you, you see how fast these guys, some of these guys are coming out like 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8 from appendix from concealment, right? First round. And, and that's crazy fast. I mean, that's faster than coming out with a, with, out of a duty holster. I mean, yeah. honestly it is right. And then you start getting into the why, and it's all about your body mechanics, hand positioning and, and, and your drawing and where you're coming from because your hands, it's natural for them to be in front of you. So it just works so well. Um, and that's where I'm like, oh my God, I'm making the switch, um, to appendix for me. It's not always, you know, comfortable, but it's speed again, speed. If I can take that eighth of a second, a quarter second off, right. That, that really matters because then I get that eighth of a second back, a quarter second back to, to find sites and do well. Right. So that's why appendix to me, it's great. Um, it's concealable you're not going to print and, but the speed of it is just, it's just unbelievable. So, you know, people worry about, well, whatever. I mean, obviously I'll carry condition one, right? Keep your finger off the trigger. Your safety is your, you know, your brain uh, and your trigger finger, right? So you got to be smart about what you're doing. Right. And obviously carrying is a huge responsibility. Take that responsibility seriously. Make sure you train, uh, get good training. Don't, don't just, you know, don't just sit here and watch the, the YouTube videos. I mean, if you go out, take a good training class, right? Because like for me, master firearms instructor, right? Obviously it took me a lot of training to get there so I can teach, you know, any police officer, right? Took a lot of training. But if I watch the YouTube video, I understand what they're doing. If that makes sense. Cause I'll break it down technically for the average person. If they don't have that background, the training base where they just go watch that video and be like, Oh, I'm going to go do this. Well, yeah, you gotta, you gotta kind of feel it as opposed to just, watching and do it right so put yourself through the reps and and get the good training where you have some really good feedback on why we're doing what we're doing and what you're doing yeah uh would be another huge thing you know what what stood out to me and impressed me about you is that you made reference to 
getting training and that you have even additional training that you're still pursuing. So you're still a student, even though you're a master firearms instructor, you've been in this business, you know, as far as being a cop for 25 years, being an instructor, being on a SWAT team for 20 of those years, and uh, you're still a student. Uh, absolutely. And that's, um, that's one thing I learned. Like, you know, I studied the game before, like obviously you watch and you train and you watch, you know, police involved shootings and law enforcement involved shootings. But then, you know, afterwards, right away, even though, you know, hey, I'm a sniper, been a sniper training, uh, SWAT, SWAT training, lots of use on force, the simunitions, we do a lot of simunitions or UTMs. So lots of force on force. And that's a huge area where you can, you can really learn in a hurry what works, what doesn't work, right? But even with that, you realize, like, even though, hey, I think I did pretty well uh, in this one, right? But you realize right away, like, man, you know, I need to be better because uh, this shit happens really fast, right? So I need to be better. And anything I can do to make myself better, um, I want to try and do that. I'm, I'm kind of intense when it comes to that. Um, but, you know, what are we talking about here? What are you, You're talking about fighting for your life. And you're talking about fighting for other people's lives. So I, I think the intensity you know, it's good. Like I was a D1 college athlete, right? So you, you don't like to lose. I don't like to lose, but you also understand the importance of putting in the work to come on on top, right? So, you know, that's huge. And then, like I said, studying the game, like uh, the Better Government Association, you know, and I put like every single police officer involved shootings. They foiled every single police officer involved shootings. And you can go on there. You can read the shootings. And you can be like, wow, holy crap, you know, but you learn a little tidbit from each one of those things, right? And And I hate to use the word like, put it in your toolbox but you know at the same point in time knowledge is power right so yeah if you know that hey this worked for this officer or this worked for this officer that that's great and kind of just a touch base on like what do i study like i don't look at the losers i look at what what wins or what works if that makes any sense so i don't care who it is whether it be the you know the offender whether it be the cop whether it be the you know citizen whether it be i look at what's working for that person. And then you take those parts that work and you put that into, put it into your brain, file that away. And, and maybe you might tap on that then and use it when it matters. Yeah. You know, one thing that, uh, Oh, so here's something I was thinking about is you, you're obviously experienced enough. You've, you've, you've trained with enough, you know, other instructors, you've been an instructor yourself for a long time. Uh, so you, you probably know about as well as anybody, but there's a lot of times there's things that are taught or that are done in the firearms and the tactical community that, uh, uh, either can be controversial in some cases, maybe don't even make any sense. You know, when you apply it to context, the context of like an actual fight and not everybody is like you that can say, you know what? I had a crappy day one, one day and, uh, you know, I, I came through that. I did all right, but you know, probably could have done a lot of things better. Probably could have been better prepared. Um, uh, but like if we get into the nitty gritty, I mean, let's talk about like, like, are, are there any, uh, bits of advice you'd have to offer as far as whether it's grip, whether it's sights, whether it's, uh, even, you know, performing reloads and doing some of those things under stress. Like what are some of your observations about some of those things? So if you, train it when you hit the stress level right and you do the repetitions that you need to it just happens automatically 
And that's where, but it comes to the training, right? Like, are you, are you doing dry fire? Are you practicing those reloads? Like my reloads were absolutely automatic. You're going to run out a lot faster than you think. So the more you can run out, and let's be honest, it's going to be an emergency reload um, if you're encountering a firefight. And, you know, the, the odds are, hey, what's the chance I'm going to get to cover, do, you know, a tactical reload? Okay, well, yeah, that's a possibility. Let's train for that. But most of the time, you're going to be running dry because you're running and gunning. Okay, so practice the emergency reloads a lot. Recognize how to read your gun. Uh, and know what your gun's doing, get in your workspace, like have everything going on in your workspace, right? So you're putting it in front of your face. And then the, you know, believe your sights, man. Uh, it's definitely worth using your sights. Um, make sure you line up that front side, get the front side lined up, especially with handgun shooting. Um, find that front side, believe that front side, and obviously have your sights lined up when you're pressing the trigger and all this other stuff, man. As long as your sights are lined up when you're squeezing that trigger, yeah. you're good, right? So... If right. we're going to be static, you know, get a good grip, get high up in the gun, um, good stance if we're static, right? But that, that works well for target shooting. But when you get into the combat shooting, you're, you're moving, you're running, you're gunning, and you're on the move a lot. So the tip I'd, I'd say is, hey, try and flank as quick as you can. Try and get a set shooting spot when you do. And if you're making hits, just keep making hits. Uh, don't play peekaboo. If you're out, you're engaging, you got a good side picture, stay on them and win the fight then and there, right? So, yeah. One thing I was wondering about uh, as you recited your story was uh, right from the beginning, right? You're trying to get the car in park, trying to get stopped, trying to get your seatbelt off, trying to get your gun out of your holster, which in a seat is not ideal either. Um, all that's going on. And you remembered the first four shots coming at you. Uh, do you remember, do you, do you rem for instance, from the get-go, do you remember using your sights or was that not even an issue at that, in that initial engagement? I'm just curious about that piece. No. So the first part, when he came out with the first four, it was, it was great because I'm seated. So I just popped my gun up right over my steering wheel. I had my sights on right away from the seated position, uh, found them no problem. And that's why you see the three distinct holes in my windshield as it's coming up because it's just up on my sights, boom, 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 and attracting them as it comes up, right? So you see the different angles on those holes. So I knew I had a really good sight picture from the seated position uh, yeah. for sure. Uh, when the running stuff was going on, not so much. Uh, but then when the prone, uh, same thing back to a really good sight picture. So it, you know, the dynamic obviously switches based on what's going on in the fight, which, you know, that matters. Um, yep. but you've got to be able to adjust back and forth. Right. So, and that's kind of the thing, like, uh, knowing if something's working, I'm going to stick with that. If it's not working, I need to make an adjustment, you know, in the game plan and, and you, you'll be surprised. You actually hear yourself like, you know, Hey, I just shot my squad car. Well, that doesn't work. So <laughs> let's go try this. Right. But you actually, you know, like that stuff's actually popping off in your head. You know, at least it was for me while this is going on. And that's my point of like the mental rehearsal part of it is like, yeah. you know, know what's going on and give yourself options in your mind. Yeah. That's awesome. There is one question here uh, from Ben. He says, other than not carrying every day, What's the biggest mistake you see civilians make when carrying concealed? Uh, just not knowing their surroundings. Uh, just what's your, what, what environment are you in? But, you know, obviously I'm an advocate for, for carrying. And then, I, you know, there's so many restrictions now. It makes it really hard, um, you know, especially in Illinois. But, you know, it, yeah, do your best to carry. 
uh, you know, I hate going to professional sporting events. You know, I mean, I can't get in there with my gun, right? And it's just the stupidest thing. But I, you know, some things you just you're stuck with what you got to work with, right? But just know your surroundings is the biggest thing you want to be aware of. Like, hey, if you see what you think's, you know, trouble, like, hey, circumvent the trouble. Try and try and remove yourself from the situation. Don't go off running into the situation. You know, and that's where, hey, pick up the phone and call us. That's where use us as your partner. Because if we get the phone call, the 911 call, like, hey, you know, these guys are up to no good, that gives us a lawful legal right to go talk to them, right? Whereas if we just drive down the street and we go up and try and talk to them, they're like, hey, you too bad we're not talking to you. There's not much we can do. We get that 911 call on those people that we're allowed to use that as an investigative tool, if that makes sense, where we actually have a little bit more uh, on the Terry to stop and talk to them. Cause we've got a call about possible criminal activity. Right. So that just lends credence to us to be able to do our job. So work together with law enforcement, yeah. uh, to try and solve problems, but be aware of your surroundings is huge. Awesome. That's good advice, man. Well, uh, I don't know if there's anything else you want to throw out there. I mean, I, I'm sure we could talk and talk and talk and I got a whole bunch of things I could a- even ask you about, but, uh, I want to be respectful of your time and appreciate you coming on the show, but I guess this is my opportunity to throw at you and say, you know, any, any last words you want to impart upon us? Every day you're breathing air is a good day, brother, but you know, just make sure you train, right? Make sure yeah. you train, make sure you prepare. Uh, can't stress that enough. Obviously times are crazy. They're getting crazier. Um, so many of us, you know, support what the civilians are doing, uh, from the law enforcement side. So many of us are so pro to a, we understand how important the second amendment is. And, and I'd say just keep fighting for that right, because it's super important to keep, you know, all of us safe, uh, for everyone in the military. Thank you, uh, for everyone out there. Uh, just, you know, be safe, man. Be safe. Yeah. Hey, one last thing that, that actually, okay. So now that we say it's time to go, people are like, well, what about this? What about this? So if you don't mind a couple, I'll, I'll say, Hey, just give us a quick answer on some of these. Lisa asks if, if an officer is in distress, does he want our assistance as civilian concealed carry individuals? Yeah. Well, I'm going to say yes. And that's only because I've been in a couple of foot chases and fights and people will come up and, and, and say help. And then wait for the officer to say, yes, help me please. Because that's going to give you a lot better standing. So yes, absolutely. But you got to be really careful because understand, you know, if you're drawing your weapon out, there's backup coming. Uh, you got to be really cognizant of your surroundings because you know, any cop pulling up on you with a gun out with a cop there, that's just called for help. Uh, that's not going to be a good situation for the concealed carry holder. So I, I urge caution there. The best thing you can do, Hey, be a really good witness, but at the same point in time, more and more, you know, we're out there, we're completely outnumbered, we're completely outgunned. So you got to be careful how you do it, but, uh, we definitely appreciate your help. I, I can, I can tell you that, but if the officer tells you no, then just back away, be a good witness, stand your cell phone, get video so we can catch them later. Yeah, you know, so just so it's clear, uh, and obviously me knowing some other cops as well, uh, you're okay with with someone helping, uh, but other cops may not be okay. And and the key thing that you said there is ask and, uh, you know, have them give you either permission or not, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's super important to ask, um, you know, because you know, if you get the officer requesting your assistant, that's, that helps you meet a legal standard as well. And that's the other yeah. part that's really important. Hey, I'm, I'm a, can I help you? And the officer, if they need your help, they'll flat out tell you yes. Right. Sometimes they might tell you get back, listen, cause they don't know if you're your friend or foe. Right. Yeah. So if you say, Hey, can I help you? I'm a concealed carry, you know, holder. Can I help you get them, get a response from them, try and get that response from the officer. That's super important. Yeah. 
One last question. Uh, someone asked about the holster that you use. And uh, I'm thinking they're, it's probably more applicable to them, especially uh, as far as a concealed carry holster. Like what's, what's your preferred holster? Okay. So right now for my uh, appendix inside the waistband, I'm running a filster. Oh yeah. Uh, the filster. Okay. Good stuff, man. Yeah. Uh, I like it a lot. I've been looking at a spotlight because uh, then that allows me to, you know, carry multiple platforms as long as I get that surefire X300 the on there. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, and then I just run a, a Kydex, uh, a custom Kydex. If I'm running outside the waistband for my off duty carry, uh, just open top, uh, for duty, I'm running a Safari land, uh, ALS. Yeah. Um, so that Safari land system, I really like it a lot just, you know, with the, you, cause it's always the same, you know, with the thumb break, or if you're going to put the rotating hood on there, but it's a super fast system. And sometimes I'll even run that Safari Land ALS holster just, you know, off duty as well. Super fast system working on yep. like a lot. Yeah, it, folks, if you uh if you achieve your master grip on your gun right from the draw, the way I teach it with the thumb flagged high on those ALS holsters, especially, you're gonna be right in that correct position to deactivate that retention and it just works beautifully. And your hands already where it needs to be to uh made up the hands on a two-handed grip. So if anybody's anybody's wondering about that. Yeah, that's a great holster, man. And and that's exactly that's a great point you bring up because you get a great good high grip and then it comes out. But then for off duty or for concealed carry, you also get a little bit of retention with that holster too. So that's kind of a, a good thing as well. For sure, for sure. Awesome. Uh Tim, again, thank you so much for your time today, man. This has been eye-opening, I'm sure, for for many. I mean, there's so many great and positive comments that have come in on the on the Facebook today here. And uh we wish you sincerely the best of luck. Uh, I'd love to meet you in person, connect at some point, maybe even train alongside with you. Uh, but uh, who knows if that opportunity will come come our way. But uh, thanks so much for your time today, sir. No, no worries, brother. Have a great day, brother. Cool. Thanks for doing your show, man. Yeah. All right, folks. That's a wrap there. And uh, but uh, stick around. We do do our weekly giveaway on the Tuesday episodes, uh, and we're going to do that here in just a moment. Tim, you're welcome to stick around, but if you want to bug out, that's totally cool as well. What's the giveaway, man? That's the giveaway. <laughs> well, so each week, <laughs> let me let me explain. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, <laughs> each week on the podcast, uh, we, folks uh, have all week long to go to concealedcarry.com forward slash podcast prize. That's the link, and sign up for each weekly giveaway. Uh, you talked about, uh, uh, you know, laws and stuff a little bit and uh what we're giving away today is a 2019 edition of the traveler's guide to the firearm laws of the 50 states so it's a great summary booklet of firearm laws all across the country if you do any sort of travel at all uh, you know it's it's a great resource to have you know it might be valuable to you tim if you want a copy i'll send you i'll send you a copy I'm pretty. I'm pretty good with them. Stay away from New York. That's the only tip I give you, man. Watch out for New York. That's not bad. uh, Bad advice at all there. So, anyway, have a good day, brother. We'll see you. you. All right, bye. bye. All right, so folks, uh, we're going to go ahead now and do the uh, giveaway. Uh, I'm super excited about this. Uh, Be our second. uh, You know, second weekly giveaway. Right. This is the second week, full week that we've done this. This week, uh, we are actually going to be giving away, uh, we'll give away a real avid multi-cutter multi-tool. There's a picture. If you go to concealedcarry.com forward slash podcast prize, 
that's the sign up for this coming week's giveaway. And it's going to be the same product. So you can see an image of it there. It's a really interesting nifty tool. I actually really like it. It's got a nice pair of shears. Uh, so like, I mean, it, it'll cut all kinds of stuff. I mean, you could cut turkey bones if you want. I mean, it's a really serious set of shears uh, that will cut all kinds of stuff. Okay. And then there's also a knife and uh, a punch tool. And I think a little saw, if I remember correctly. I know there's a shotgun choke tool built in there as well. I, I like this multi-cutter multi-tool from Real Avid because I'll throw out my range bag. And if I'm, if I'm three gunning, for instance, which is uh, my uh, preferred uh, uh, competitive sport, uh, that shotgun choke tool is really handy to have on, on my Real Avid multi-cutters. Uh, just makes it really easy to change chokes on my uh, my three gun shotgun sometimes. So, uh, but anyway, it's got a really really cool tool. Uh, we will give away uh, one of these if we have thirty live viewers on Thursday's edition of the podcast on Facebook, and if we can hit sixty live viewers, we'll give away two of these real avid multi cutter multi tools. All right. So for this week's Facebook live on Thursday, and that'll go we. Obviously, today we intended to go live at 12 noon Mountain Time. Didn't work out that way. I apologize. We were a little bit delayed. Uh, Thursday, again, we'll do everything in our power to go live right at noon Mountain Time. And uh, again, if if we see 30 live viewers, we'll give well, we'll give away at least one of those anyway. But uh, if we see 60 of you live viewers, we'll do two of the Real Avid Multi Cutter Multi Tools in the giveaway. And so make sure you're sharing the podcast. Make sure you're sharing these Facebook lives. Make sure you're commenting too, because we'll be looking very closely at those of you that are commenting live on Thursday and entering folks in for the giveaway. All right. Now, the multi-tool or the multi-cutter from Real Avid, we're going to be giving away for next week's Tuesday weekly giveaway. That's open to everybody. And you can sign up again at concealedcarry.com forward slash podcast prize. Uh, make sure you're signing up every week because uh, that's a revolving door there. So you got at least once a week, go into that link and sign up for the giveaway there. That way you're qualified each week for the giveaways and share that with your friends and family too. In fact, when you do the sign up on that webpage, uh, there's a, you get extra bonus signups if you do the refer a friend uh, option thing as well. So, so make sure you do that. You'll get extra listings of your name in the uh, overall count, and that's going to count more towards you having greater chances of uh, being a winner each week. All right. So, uh, but this week's again, what we're announcing the giveaway winner for today is a 2019 edition of the Traveler's Guide to the Firearm Laws of the 50 States. Really handy, nifty little uh, guide. Uh, next week I'll be traveling to California. <laughs> I will not be taking my gun with me, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it'll be good still to know the laws in California. Uh, I will say that one thing I've learned about California is they actually have fairly favorable knife laws. And I will definitely have a means of defense, maybe a couple of means of defense uh, via a blade uh, because their laws there are pretty good on, on knives, surprisingly to some of you probably. So anyway, shall, shall we give away the traveler's guide? I think so. So let me pull up here on the screen. And how many signups do we have this week? Let's see. Uh, let's go. It's thinking. Ah, here we go. We got a few. Boy, wow, we did good this week. We got uh, almost 200 of you. So, uh, yeah, make sure, again, you're sharing that link with everybody. Concealedcarry.com forward slash podcast prize. And make sure people are listening to the podcast. Share the podcast. Share these Facebook lives. Uh, we appreciate your support.
All right, I'm clicking the button now for this week's winner of the 2019 edition of the Traveler's Guide. And here it is. This week's winner is K-W, last name of W, starts with W, first name K. All right, and uh, your email address has a 777 in it. So if you're listening, you'll, you probably will know who you are. Uh, but I will be emailing you personally, directly, and giving you information about, about how to claim your prize, your 2019 edition of the Traveler's Guide. So congrats to KW for winning this week's weekly giveaway on the podcast. Folks, I'm going to let you go. Thanks for uh, being here with me today. Good, good crowd, good discussion, really awesome interview. I, I, I think uh, the consensus based on the comments I was following along with was uh, was a well-received interview and, and such a powerful story. Uh, go read the Police One article uh, written by Ch- uh, Chuck Remsberg. Really, really good article. Link is in the show notes today's, ep- today's episode. And for easy, quick access to today's episode, once the audio podcast itself goes live, which might not happen, to be honest with you, until tomorrow, uh, just looking at what I have ahead of me today. Uh, but you can use the shortcut link concealedcarry.com forward slash episode 295 to get to today's show notes and the link for that uh, Police One article and some of the resources will be right there. So anyway, folks, thanks again so much. A reminder to train right, train often, and train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Take care. reminder that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand applicable laws. The Concealed Carry Podcast, Concealed Carry Inc., ConcealedCarry.com, and their affiliates strive to share insights and stories about firearm-related incidents and laws, but things could be different where you live, or laws may have changed by the time you listen to this. We cannot be held liable for your actions based on the information shared in this podcast.